Hi, welcome to the Food in the Edge podcast, and I'm your host, JP McMahon. Today we'll be talking about potatoes, probably why um, most of you will uh, know, if you're living in Ireland or anywhere else, that the potato is probably one of the most um, eaten food products in the world. I think it's in the in the top four, up there with um, stuff like wheat and corn. Um, but it has an interesting history in Ireland. And I'm joined with Shamak again, who has uh, some questions to, uh, I suppose, elaborate on this on this issue. Hi, this is the Food on the Edge podcast, and I'm your host, JP McMahon. So let's start with a basic question. Why are potatoes so popular? Primary reason is, is they're, is they're really nutritious. Potato, I suppose, in terms of uh, a vegetable that's grown in a, in a small place offers a lot of reward for the person that grows it. And they're, I suppose, they're quite bountiful in wherever they have grown. As most people will know, the potato comes from South America, um, specifically Peru, Bolivia, even though certain strands of wild potato can probably tra- be traced back to Chile. Um, and it is uh, it has been a staple there for thousands of years, probably going back to um, about 6,000 BC. And it isn't really until the Spanish exploration of, of South America that the potato comes back to Europe. Uh, and that's when really the potato takes over. And they reckon that the potato went to America via Europe, so it didn't it didn't travel up through Mexico and uh, into the states. It was actually Europeans that brought the potato with them when they went to um, uh, what they call the New World. And various people brought the potato uh, back. Walter Raleigh is probably the most famous British person that brought the potato back to Europe. But there was certain there was certainly Spanish sailors brought the potato probably as a foodstuff as well, traveling back to Europe. And this was possibly planted it, it took a long time to take off people were very wary of it it grew underground actually there was one expression people called them the devil's apples and it did take a long time to get people into growing the potatoes because Europe was predominantly uh, barley wheat oats and a lot of the peasant classes uh, that's what they grew and you couldn't just grow anything you wanted you had to get decrees and all that and it wasn't really until there was various famines in Europe and various shortages that people started to grow potatoes or and to to look into uh, potato growing and then that led to I suppose a certain increase in the population because it was like an absolute nutrient packed I think from an acre of spuds you can feed like a whole family for uh, you can a whole family can subsist on that and you can store them they store very well over the winter I suppose they're, they're a magical food that really contributed to a lot of the development in Europe on the on the darker side they the, I suppose the failure of the potato crop in Ireland contributed to the greatest disaster that that happened on this island in the 1840s particularly 1845 1846 and 1847 and that was I suppose consistent failures of of the crop due to blight and disease Um, and unfortunately the people had nothing else to to live off I think uh, two-fifths of the population lived off the potato if not more you could say about half the population lived off the potato and that's all they had so there was nothing to fall back on when uh, when the potato failed particularly when it failed three years in a row it failed year one and there was still some food to eat there was turnips and cabbages and different stuff but after that it was a million people died and they say a million people emigrated but the, the population before the arrival of the potato the population in ireland was about four million after being in Ireland, 
100 or so years, the population had uh, had doubled to 8 million. So the population really grew because of this food stuff. And most people would have eaten it mashed up with some uh, milk or some butter or um, even buttermilk. And it was the most, I suppose, consumed food. That's the way we still eat it in Poland, with the buttermilk. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I didn't grow up eating potatoes and buttermilk. I certainly eaten colcannon, which is with cabbage and, and butter or, or milk. But the Irish, particularly the Irish peasant, would have had potatoes at their disposal and they would have had a lot of buttermilk because if you had access to making butter, you could sell your butter. And then you had your waste product, your buttermilk, which you could consume yourself. So there was a way of living off this bud. One, one food historian, Regina Sexton, she talks about actually that the population of pigs went up because they had so many spare potatoes that began to feed the pigs potatoes. And then bacon became cheaper. So actually, in the 19th century, pork products become cheaper and become more um, accessible because of the potato. So a lot of different stuff happened because of the potato. I think there are around 4,000 varieties of potato. There are a couple of thousand anyway, and most of them are still in uh, South America and Central America. What we have in Ireland and what we have in Europe are the ones that grow the best, the ones that have survived, um, the ones that we have uh, modified or picked the best ones, whether it's the, your roosters or your uh, russets or your Mars pipers, all of these different potatoes. Um, they're the ones that are, that are the strongest given the environment that we find ourselves in. But in the 19th century, the lumper potato was, was the most popular potato. It gave the best yield and it also did the best in the climate because we're a very damp climate in Ireland. And um, this potato isn't, isn't grown that much anymore. It's still growing, I think, up in the north. But the failure of this potato, like widespread failure, which, which, uh, which led to, I suppose, the famine, I suppose it was ingrained in people's minds. And I, I suppose I always say, like, it's unfortunate the potato came to Ireland because we lost so much of our, our food culture, not only because of the potato. We, of course, you have colonization and you have the loss of access to land and, and different stuff, but you, you have a rich tradition of food in Ireland, pre-potato, of uh, seafood and curing meat and making cheese and all of this. And coupled with the introduction of potato and the, the loss of land by the, I suppose, the native Irish, a lot of that tradition is just lost. And that's something we're probably reinvestigating now and looking at again now. Um, but for a lot of people, potato occupies the same place as, say, soda bread, which are two distinctly Irish things. And they don't look beyond that. Like I say, if you go back 300 years, I think the first plantation of the potato is around this, the early 1600s, 1606 or something like that. And that's the first time someone got a lease to plant potatoes. And in that 400 years, you have a vegetable that took over the whole the whole country, but it also took over the whole of Europe. The population of Europe increased in France and in Germany and probably in Poland as well because everyone was eating potatoes. Yeah, the population grows, and I think particularly in Germany and in Russia, there was a number of, of failures of the wheat crop and the barley crop, and it was only because of this that the potato was introduced and then accepted. A little bit like the tomato. First, when the tomato first came over, it was used in a kind of ornamental way, and it didn't have that status in the same way now that a tomato is ubiquitous um, in, in every single place. But I suppose the potato is, is, a, is, is a fundamental part of Irish food culture, but it's not, a, not so fundamental that we have to realize that, like the people were eating in Ireland for 8,000 years, 
with no potatoes. Um, and so that's it's just as important. We looked at oysters and seaweed the first our first two podcasts. I mean, salmon uh, was a big thing. Eel, uh, all of the different seafoods like the limpets, periwinkles, uh, mussels, clams, uh, all of these things are played a part. And because of the circumstances and with the introduction of the of the potato, that you had a couple of generations of people growing up who only ate potatoes. You would literally have potatoes three times a day. I think people were eating a couple of kilos a day just to subsist. Uh, and there was no other access to lands. It's important to try and look beyond that. It, it's difficult because when we look into it, I mean, most of what we are or who we are now came about through this population explosion. And um, it's, I suppose it's just something that we need to um, consider. But for me, I'm very interested in the traditions of, of seafood and wild food. And those traditions are, um, are there and they're very easy to, to tap into. There was one writer, John Dunton, and he did a tour of Ireland in the 18th century, I think the 18th century, 1700s. And he wrote about, he wrote different letters back, kind of uh, imaginary letters back to England about the wild Irish. And he speaks about the food and he says, they, the Irish, feed upon shamrock, watercress, potatoes and other herbs, oatmeal and buttermilk, they mix together, they drink whey, milk, beef broth and eat meat without bread so you have this rich diet um, and this is in the 1700s but really in the 19th century the potato just cuts through all of that and we spoke last week about about losing that tradition and you can't just pop back into the wild and try and revisit and go what were we eating again 100 years ago it's very very difficult was it because it was just simple to grow absolutely and there is there is this another story i came across that it was a great crop for a lazy man <laughs> and so i don't know there's certainly some sort of implicit racism there that well the irish just did well out of the potato because you just throw it into the ground and you come back and it's just there for you but potato growing is difficult if you talk to um, different potato growers and it's about crop rotation and you you can't just put potatoes into the ground continually and expect them to get something back but there was a nice um quote I came across. I'm just referring to uh, Breed Mahan's book, The Land of Milk and Honey, the story of traditional Irish food and drink. And Breed uh, says that the average Irish man who might eat up to 10 pounds of potatoes a day, supplemented with a cup of milk and each meal and the occasional helping of fish or eggs. But there is a study that Breed quotes that was done in 1962 um, about the potato in Ireland and it says, for the lazy man, there was no crop like it. It needed merely a few days planting in the spring, possibly earthing in the summer and a few days digging in the winter. And I mean, that is certainly a reductive view of, of probably how harsh things were when you had no land. And unfortunately, as families grew bigger, land got cut up more and more and more. And there was really no network between all the different lands and everyone was, was I suppose it was a do or die uh, situation. And I mean, this suited uh, the occupying British at the time. But potatoes and milk do give you a very good diet. So there might have been a lack of diversity in people's diet, but it's not to say people were famished. If you eat dairy and you have your milk and you have your potato and you supplement it with a little bit of fish in that, people had a very, very good diet. And studies of human remains from that time show a healthy diet, certainly in relation to nowadays. So we can't look back and just go, God, people were absolutely famished and they only had potatoes. Uh, that's a very uh, reductive, uh, reductive view of it. But there certainly was a lack of diversity due to the I suppose the reasons that we um, uh, that we talked about I remember growing up in communist Poland when we only knew industrial potatoes the one actually grown to feed animals I think when I was growing up in the 1980s I mean for me 
potatoes were just potatoes and i didn't understand that there was so many different varieties and like we speak of thousands of varieties of potatoes but all of that gets reduced to maybe possibly 10 or 15 maybe five that grow really well and they're the ones that people put money into and also then the potatoes that are grown for the animals and i was just talking to a, a goose farmer today saying that uh, he grows potatoes just to feed the geese because it's a cheap food and like uh, he grows them and the geese just they just go and root them out for them he doesn't even have to do anything and I remember, like, particularly from uh, my grandmother's cooking, is that we had potatoes with every meal. There was no sense of another type of starchy food. Like, there wasn't any, I suppose, barley or any pasta or anything else. I mean, we had barley in, in, in lamb stew, but again, a lot of the barley that we grow in Ireland, we give to the, the, the cows. So th- that's another f- food that's excluded. And I remember the first time we had pasta in the maybe the late 80s or very early 90s, probably uh, when I was out 10 or that. And it was this monumental discovery that there was something outside the potato and I remember running home thinking this Italian food pasta that we were going to eat and I I don't think my grandmother ever cooked pasta two two grandmothers pasta was never cooked potatoes I mean they kind of went into cooking rice a bit but right that was again that was a that was a a new um, a new phenomenon so I think looking forward it's important that that we distinguish between different types of potatoes and and we look at potatoes not only for their nutrition but also for their taste i mean different varieties of potato taste differently and some taste better some of course do really well and you can you can you can grow a lot of them like the rooster um but other ones say like the pink fur potato which is a little heritage potato that's grown up in uh, ballymckenny in county loud we use that potato here in the near it's a really wonderful heritage potato uh, but you can get blue potatoes and red potatoes and you can get so many different varieties of potatoes that I think now we can look into that. And I think that's that's the side of Irish food culture or Irish food history that we can appreciate. And it's the same in, same in Poland that for me, we're kind of like, the potato is is almost like a hammer in Irish food history. Like it just literally beats us down and we have to eat it or it's like a branding iron. We cannot escape this. And even we were talking about vodka and also pochine, the Irish, um, where they were made, you cook your spuds and you release the sugars and then you ferment that sugar and you turn it into, you distill it and you turn it into alcohol. And that's what people drank as well. So that even the drinks, our drink culture, came out of that and, and in the same way every little farmhouse had their own little dairy every little farmhouse had their own little puchin making equipment so i mean the potato has a, certainly affected us in very different ways and also when you think of irish food culture it's very hard because you're on the one side you have the I suppose the, the native irish peasant and then you have the the kind of land-owning british class or the anglo-irish and there's two very very different diets there uh, one needed the potato one had the potato as something else. They had a, a nice side dish of, of potatoes, and and that and that that they're two dual histories, and and we really have to accept both of them. That we can't say that the native Irish one is more true. Why? Because they were here before the British, or that the British one is more true because it is the one that when we look at an old recipe book, it's there. Any recipe books that we have from the 17th or 18th century, all of them are from what they call the big house tradition. They all come from these big houses that kept the recipe books. And of course, they have recipes of potatoes mixed with cabbage like Colcannon, or they have boxty, which is like a little potato pancake, which is very popular up the north. Champ, again, potato mixed with onions. There's loads and loads of different different uh, potato dishes you have potato farls as well like a potato bread cooked up on a griddle pan so there's a lot of different history in the potato that that's worthwhile exploring but i do think that we need to start now to look into different varieties of potatoes and try and i suppose produce a food culture from them 
So what's exactly in potatoes that makes them this wonder food? They're mostly carbohydrate and um, 88% of which is, uh, which is starch. They're very low in fat and they've got a small bit of protein. But I think one of the main things is that they're packed full of vitamins and, uh, and minerals like magnesium, zinc. You have your potassium, your sodium, your zinc, your vitamin A, vitamin B. And it's the slow release because they're starch and your body converts that starch into sugar. Almost like when you eat oats as well, or you need porridge, that your, uh, your body has to uh, process it and then it turns it into sugar and I, I came across a was a story or a, a, a way in which peasants used to cook the cook the plate and they used to half cook it uh, so the inside would be raw and then when you ate it in the morning your your body would of course immediately process the the, the cooked potato but you know have this raw bit in your uh, in your stomach that would that your body would have to process harder and that would give you a little boost in the afternoon if you're if you're working in the fields and I think that was quite it was quite a common way I can't remember the the exact name of it I know we spoke earlier of the potato coming across from South America and the original potatoes that came over were the sweet potatoes and actually seemingly they're, they're not in the same family and the sweet potato was actually considered to be I suppose the true potato and the, the white potato was actually called the bastard potato or, or the Irish potato and so I don't know if the word bastard and Irish are meant to actually are meant to coincide it was, like, it was the 16th century English herbalist John Gerard who wrote about this I suppose the, the common and the bastard potato but certainly in the states and when they grew them initially when they went over they were associated with um, with uh, with Ireland because there was so many um, up there and I presume there was Irish people working on the farms and I mean when you when you think of a, f a food that has affected a country I don't think you could look for any greater affectation than the potato because not only did it affect a lot of people in Ireland and we lived off it we grew with it then it failed and then we emigrated and then we went to the states and a lot of what came back to Ireland from the states and is still coming in terms of the economy in terms of finance and this this special relationship that we have with America you could say it's because of the potato so you could actually say that potatoes changed uh, Irish history absolutely a hundred percent that they caused people to to leave to set up have better lives and 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 the whole 20th century this process of emigration not only because of the spot but certainly the the emigration that happened um and the what they call the coffin ships that that left people went to the states people did very uh, not everyone but people did some people did very well and then they they wanted to um to give that back and you still have these philanthropic endeavors that that help ireland and that possibly relates to the potato it, again it, it's one of those things that you have to you have to love and you for me you have to hate at the same time because you want irish food culture to be about more than just the potato but you have to accept that it's predominantly in the last two or three hundred years anyway been about the potato and that disease that i suppose that struck ireland in the 19th century has a lasting legacy and it still affects us today and it will affect us for for generations to come because i think we only really processed the famine possibly a hundred years later i think around 1945 1950 the first book on the famine is 1962 and there's a lot of stuff that we still need to um, that we still need to uncover So this is an extract by uh, Father Matthew, who was a um, priest um, who had a, a great knowledge of Ireland, who travelled around during um, the 19th century. 
In the month of July, I travelled from Cork to Dublin and saw this doomed plant blooming in all the luxuriance of an abundant harvest. Returning in early August, I beheld with sorrow one wide waste of putrefying vegetation. In many cases, the wretched people were seated on the fences of their decaying gardens, wringing their hands and wailing bitterly at the destruction that had left them foodless. So we spoke of John uh, Dunton, who um, wrote that book on the Irish in the, in the 17th century. Behind their cabin lies a garden, a piece of ground, sometimes half an acre. And in this you will find the turf stack, a few hundred sheaves of corn and peas. The rest of the ground is full of their dearly loved potatoes and a few cabbages. And I suppose it just goes to show you how quickly the potato was, um, was coming into being. It landed the 1600s and then at the end of the 1600s you have the potato really really taking hold everywhere. In 1921, George O'Brien wrote a book called The Economic History of Ireland from the Union to the Famine. And he wrote about, I suppose, the, uh, what befell and why it happened. I mean, how the population went from 4 million up to 8 million. And a lot of these small landholdings whose crops failed, why that happened or why after the failure there was nothing left for anybody. Uh, and he writes, a population whose ordinary food is wheat and beef and whose ordinary drink is porter and ale can retrench in a period of scarcity and restore to cheaper kinds of food such as barley, oats, rice and potato. But those who are habitually and entirely fed on potatoes live upon the extreme verge of human subsistence and when they are deprived of their accustomed food there is nothing cheaper to which they can resort. There is nothing beyond but starvation and beggary and I really think that's what happened to half the population. That is all they had. They had the potato and when that was gone they had nothing. Of course you had the other half of the country who as we said used the potato uh, or supplemented their diet with the potato and of course they had that. So there are really two sides or two tales of, uh, of Irish food history uh, and the potato is certainly um, plays a major part in them. So there you have it. It's a little, um, our, our little side of the Pareto story in Ireland. I mean, there's a lot more that can be said, and um, there are some great um, Irish food writers that have um, that have looked into Pareto. And of course, you can find these uh, these resources uh, online. In that, um, so I hope you enjoy that, and we'll talk to you again. Mm -hmm.